an abortion clinic one year later. Emily Witt For more than two decades, the Red River Women's Clinic, the only provider of abortion services in the state of North Dakota, occupied a small brick building in downtown Fargo. The clinic saw patients on Wednesdays, when an average of 20 to 25 people receiving abortions would arrive from places such as Minot, Bismarck, or Grand Forks. The clinic became a symbol of sorts, as long as it was open, abortion in North Dakota remained a legally protected option, a fact that no number of anti-abortion billboards along the interstates could override. But last June, a few days after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, North Dakota's Attorney General, Drew Wrigley, certified a law banning abortion in most cases. A lengthy court battle would end up keeping abortion legal in North Dakota for several more months, but the Red River Women's Clinic recognized that it could no longer operate in the state. Today, the practice's logo is still painted on the side of the building, but the patients are gone, and a sign in the window that once read this clinic stays open has been taken down. Yet, unlike many clinics in states where abortion has been banned in the past year, the Red River Women's Clinic is still in business. It now operates in the neighboring city of Moorhead, Minnesota. I visited the Red River Women's Clinic in its new home on a humid morning in early June. Fargo and Moorhead, although in separate states, are considered a single metropolitan area by locals, and the drive from the old site to the new one takes a little less than 10 minutes. It's a nearly straight line east, about two miles down one of the area's impossibly flat streets. One passes the Jemkum Center, a history museum that has a replica of a Viking ship, the Junkyard Brewing Company, one of many small breweries around town serving craft beer, a local drive-through called Burger Time, and at least two anti-abortion billboards. Aside from a welcome to Minnesota chirped by the GPS after crossing a low bridge over the green banks and slow-moving waters of the Red River, there is little indication that one has crossed a state border, let alone entered an alternate political reality. But in the past year, as North Dakota has proceeded to ban most abortions, Minnesota has moved in the opposite direction, adding protections and removing barriers to access. These shifts have put the Red River Women's Clinic in an unusual position. Forced to shutter in its home state, it can now provide care with greater freedom just a few minutes away. The new location of the Red River Women's Clinic is on the outskirts of downtown, near an auto repair shop with some cars in its yard, a water treatment facility, and a tilled field. The clinic occupies a two-story brick office building that faces a divided highway, pedestrian traffic is mostly limited to a nearby bus stop. Listen. Emily Witt discusses the Red River Women's Clinic on the New Yorker Radio Hour. Tammy Cromnaker, who has owned the clinic since buying out her former bosses, in 2016, greeted me at the frosted glass entrance. Cromnaker, who is blonde and in her early 50s, told me that the anonymity of the setting was one of its primary advantages over the old site, which was in pedestrian-friendly downtown Fargo. In recent years, the downtown area of North Dakota's biggest city has been revitalized into a pleasant place to hang out, with open-air concerts and yoga classes in the summer, and small boutiques and cafes along a walkable street, but abortion patients are not there to pick up used vinyl or a cappuccino. One of the most significant improvements of the new location, Chromenaker pointed out, is the parking lot. The clinic in Fargo didn't have one, which meant that patients had to approach on foot, walking past protesters whose shouts urging them to change their minds would often leave them in tears. 
Krollmaker began looking at properties in Minnesota when the Supreme Court took up Dobbs v. Jackson in the fall of 2021. The leak of a draft opinion on overturning Roe in the spring of 2022 convinced her that it was time to make an offer on the Moorhead building. She closed on it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on June 23, less than 24 hours before the Supreme Court issued its opinion on Dobbs. Almost exactly a year ago, I visited the Red River Women's Clinic at its Fargo location. After the state's attorney general announced that the abortion ban would start in 30 days, Cromnaker, represented by the Center for Reproductive Rights, sued. At first, Cromnaker tried to keep her plans to renovate a new space under wraps. In May 2022, a building under renovation in Casper, Wyoming, intended to be that state's only full-service abortion clinic, was set on fire by an arsonist. The clinic was rebuilt and opened this year. Aware of such incidents, Cromnaker would take back routes to the new clinic, driving in a hat and a mask, and sneak in through a utility door. Her concerns that anti-abortion sabotage would spill over state lines were not unfounded. In late May 2023, a 73-year-old man rammed his car into a planned clinic in eastern Illinois, near the state line with Indiana, where lawmakers have attempted to ban most abortions. After anti-abortion activists discovered Cromnaker's new site in Moorhead, there was no longer a need for secrecy. The practice would still resist restrictions in the courts, but it was time to leave Fargo. The Red River Women's Clinic saw its last patient in North Dakota on August 3, 2022. The clinic opened in Minnesota a week later. Fargo-Moorhead is in a sparsely populated part of the country, and the Red River Women's Clinic has only ever had enough demand to see patients once a week. The medical director, who does not do interviews with the press, drives eight hours, round trip, to provide care, and enters and exits the building wearing a bulletproof vest. Cromnaker moved quickly to avoid an interruption in the clinic seeing patients. The day before, opening, we were here for 17 hours, Cromnaker said, as she recalled lying on the floor installing coving in an exam room late into the night. One patient who'd had a medication abortion in Fargo came back for her one-week checkup in Minnesota. On the first day of operating in Moorhead, Cromnaker sent a couple of decoy volunteer escorts to the old site in the hopes that protesters might be fooled and in case a patient showed up to the wrong address. That morning, in Fargo, she drove past a regular protester walking toward the old site. But by midday, the protesters had figured out where to go, and they've been coming to Moorhead every Wednesday since. On a sunny Wednesday morning in June, several of them stood on the sidewalk outside the new clinic as the first patients arrived for the day. It's a night and day difference from the downtown location, Gary Lura, one of several volunteer escorts wearing rainbow vests and waiting for patients in the parking lot, told me, recalling the former gauntlet of the public sidewalk. The protesters are now 100 feet away and can't get to the patients, he said. If they do, they're trespassing, and they've already been told it's either a fine or jail time. Cromaker has erroneously received mail for a crisis pregnancy center that she worries might open across the street. She intends to eventually put up a fence at the Red River Women's Clinic and perhaps add a picnic table for companions or children waiting for patients in the summer months. When I met her last year, Cromaker had told me that the new location was not her ideal. Within a few weeks of meeting their new landlord, the tenants she had inherited from the previous owner started moving out one by one. 
A curbside advertisement for the building still bore the ghosts of lettering from their old signage. Cronaker had more or less expected this exodus, especially after she had tightened security and arranged for video cameras to be installed. She said that one tenant complained about having to use his key fob to get in and out of the building, then took his business remote. Now, when we spoke, discussions about the old clinic could still bring her to tears, but she seemed otherwise happy to be out of Fargo. The few downsides include a smaller waiting room and the responsibility for snow removal. Last year, the snow was so heavy that, after one storm, a plow broke off from a truck in the parking lot. For years, the sole challenger in legal battles over abortion in North Dakota was the Red River Women's Clinic. Moving the practice a short drive east has meant that Cronaker is no longer locked in near-constant opposition with her state's Republican supermajority, which has tried a wide range of strategies over the decades to limit or ban abortion, just to stay in business. It is notable that one such attempt, the right to life of humans at any stage of development amendment, a 2014 ballot proposal that would have extended legal rights to fetuses, failed by a margin of nearly two to one when put directly to North Dakota voters. In Minnesota, the Attorney General, Keith Ellison, paid the clinic a visit during his re-election campaign last fall to highlight his support of abortion rights, and the Minnesota Senator Tina Smith co-sponsored federal legislation that would protect the right to cross state lines for an abortion. In a press conference with reporters after his visit, Ellison promised to legally defend non-residents in the event that they face prosecution in their home states. I will file motions in those states to have those cases dismissed because they have a right to travel to Minnesota, they have the right to get an abortion in Minnesota, he said, calling the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision an affront to the basic liberties of our country. The clinic's battle over the constitutionality of North Dakota's abortion laws entered a new phase in April, when the state's Republican governor, Doug Burgum, signed State Bill 2150, one of the most restrictive abortion bans, in the country. Supported by huge majorities in the state legislature, the legislation bans abortion throughout pregnancy, with exceptions for rape or incest only up to six weeks gestation. It also carves out an exception for patients facing serious health risks. An anti-abortion lawmaker in the North Dakota legislature expressed some concern that the law went too far. We need to watch that we don't get so carried away with moving in a direction that will prevent everything from being done that we really endanger some other people in this picture, Judy Lee, a Republican state senator from the Fargo suburb of West Fargo, said, on the Senate floor. A few days after my visit this year, the Red River Women's Clinic challenged this law, too. This time, the clinic has been joined in its lawsuit by several physicians who practice in North Dakota, including maternal fetal medicine specialists. Among their legal objections is the fact that the new ban fails to provide a discernible standard for when physicians may legally provide abortion care. North Dakota, like the country as a whole, has wide disparities in access to maternal health care. According to the March of Dimes, a pregnant person of Native American descent in North Dakota is 54% more likely to experience a preterm birth than the overall population in the state. Another analysis found that more than 20% of North Dakotans live in counties that lack hospitals with obstetric care OBGYNs, or certified nurse midwives. In the past year, North Dakota passed a number of bills designed to support pregnancy and new motherhood, eliminating a sales tax on baby diapers, offering tax credits for adoption or for contributions to so-called pregnancy help centers, maternity homes, and child placement agencies. 
Of these measures, an extension of Medicaid coverage for new mothers from 60 days to 12 months would appear to be the most substantial. Others are more ideological in nature, such as a new law mandating that health class curricula in the state's school districts include a high-definition ultrasound video, at least three minutes in duration, showing the development of the brain, heart, sex organs, and other vital organs in early fetal development. Amid the focus on logistics, the psychological effects of such laws are sometimes forgotten. While in Fargo, I met with Audra Maurer, a doula based in Moorhead, with whom I'd also spoken the year before. Maurer works with patients undergoing miscarriages or choosing to have abortions, as well as those who give birth. She told me that nobody has sought assistance from her for an abortion since the passage of the law, the year before, and she worried that patients will start avoiding doctors or keeping their reproductive history secret out of fear. I've never gone this long without getting reached out to, she said. Watching things happen across the nation makes people scared. Meanwhile, the past year has seen a wave of changes in Minnesota protecting abortion rights, including a court ruling in 2022 that overturned a mandated waiting period, parental consent requirements, and a rule that all types of abortions had to be done by a doctor. Then, in last year's midterm elections, Democrats, some of them campaigning on the issue of abortion rights, flipped the Minnesota Senate after six years of Republican control. More abortion protections have followed, including a bill codifying the right into state law and adding legal protections for non-residents who get abortions in Minnesota. There are also fewer clinical restrictions in Minnesota than there were in North Dakota at the time that Roe was rolled back. We spoke recently with somebody from North Dakota who referred a patient who got a bad diagnosis, they got a trisomy diagnosis, Cromnaker said, referring to a family of congenital conditions that result from having three copies of a chromosome instead of two. Now the patient doesn't have to travel to Minneapolis-St. Paul, which is what they had to do in the past, because North Dakota had a law that said if the sole reason for termination was a genetic abnormality, we couldn't do it. Cromaker feels confident assuring worried patients that crossing state lines is safe. She recalled Justice Brett Kavanaugh's supporting opinion in Dobbs, in which he referred to the constitutional right to interstate travel and also the reality that Fargo and Moorhead are already intertwined. In April, Idaho passed a law that made helping a pregnant minor travel to another state for an abortion without parental permission punishable with two to five years of prison. There's at least three bridges over the river from Fargo to Moorhead that I myself might cross four or five times a day, depending on where I'm going to go grocery shopping or which target I'm going to, Cromnaker told me. What, are they going to have the National Guard stationed on the bridge, and a person who appears female and of reproductive age has to submit to a pregnancy test? I mean, come on, let's get real about this. Then there's the fact that Fargo is about three times the size of Moorhead and has the area's only hospitals. Crossing state lines for medical care in this region specifically is routine, she said. Cromnaker is well aware that her clinic's clientele might continue to change. In the past year, abortion has also been effectively outlawed in South Dakota and Wisconsin and in Nebraska after 12 weeks. Abortion remains legal until 22 weeks in Iowa, with a mandated 24-hour waiting period, but legislators may propose a bill to outlaw it after the state's Supreme Court recently refused to reinstate abortion restrictions that an Iowa judge had blocked in 2019. Should Iowa restrict abortion access as much as its neighbors have, Minnesota will be something of an island in its part of the upper Midwest. 
One impact of these changes is clinical. Previously, patients who chose a medication abortion went home with misoprostol, the second medication in the protocol, to take later. Now the misoprostol dose for patients from states where abortion is banned is administered on site, as a suppository, on the same day. There have been other shifts. Crowmaker described March and April of 2023 as Red River's busiest months in her recollection, despite successive snowstorms that shut down I-94. Some patients arrived the night before and stayed in hotels, one staff member snowshowed her way out of an impassable road to get to work. The increase in numbers was small, 25 to 30 patients a week instead of 20 to 25, but patients came from as far away as Texas, there are direct flights from Dallas to Fargo, and Nebraska. In other respects, the clinic's demographics mostly remain the same, some two-thirds of the patients come from North Dakota, they drive an average of two to three hours each way, and a majority of them already have children. Should the numbers continue to go up, however, Cronmaker has considered adding another day of clinical practice, and she also hopes to offer medication abortions via telehealth for patients from Minnesota. Across the river, in Fargo, Cronmaker has leased the old space to an artist's collective that rents out shared studios and runs an all-ages DIY venue. What used to be the clinic's waiting room now has a small stage where punk and hardcore bands come to play. On a recent visit, Cronmaker passed through a studio that was once an ultrasound room and showed its new occupant how the dimmer light worked. Many of the artists who work in the building identify as LGBTQ. In late May, the space hosted a trans birthday party with nail painting, art projects, and cake. Renting space to this demographic was intentional on Cronmaker's part. Along with legislation to ban abortion, last year also saw the passage of several laws in North Dakota targeting trans people, especially minors. In March, the state banned gender-affirming care for trans youth and enacted a series of mandates for teachers, including one requiring them to inform parents if a student identifies as transgender at school. The superintendent of the Fargo Public Schools, Rupak Gandhi, has said that his district will not enforce these restrictions unless told otherwise by the school board. We will not openly out any student because of one law, if we know that is going to cause harm to that child. In contrast, Minnesota passed a trans refuge bill in April, limiting the power of law enforcement agencies from elsewhere to prevent gender-affirming treatment in Minnesota. One prospective tenant for Cronmaker's new building in Moorhead is a North Dakota clinic that is now prohibited by law from offering gender-affirming care to minors. As attempts to stigmatize trans identity have increasingly become a part of the Republican Party's platform, the way that efforts to ban abortion have been for years, a natural alliance between the causes has formed. Many of Cronmaker's colleagues who own abortion clinics in other states already offer gender-affirming health care services. We're very good and adept at talking to people about difficult decisions and about things that might be emotionally fraught, Cronmaker told me, discussing what she describes as a shared fight for bodily autonomy. We're there to support people making difficult decisions that maybe other people in their life don't support, or, you know, might actually try to harm them for. On the Wednesday of my visit, as the Red River Women's Clinic approached its first anniversary of seeing patients in Moorhead, North Dakota's Governor Burgum declared his candidacy to be the GOP nominee for president, proclaiming his commitment to small-town values. For the time being, Cronmaker still lives in Fargo. I was born and raised in Minnesota, she said. But I think that my vote might count more in North Dakota.
We were sitting in her office, where a state of Minnesota print that her daughter gave her for Christmas hangs on the wall, reflecting a divided loyalty. As she contemplated the future, Kromnaker was not entirely pessimistic. I was very happy with the midterms, she said. I'm not happy that it came about this way, but, if we can make some headway into securing abortion in a much better way than Roe ever offered us, I'll be happy with that. The cost is high, however. So many people suffering in states where abortion is banned, who don't have the means to get somewhere, are left behind. As the clinics of her colleagues in other parts of the country have closed or have ended up moving to faraway states, Kromnaker has felt survivors' guilt, but she is also proud that, despite a victory for her longtime opponents, her work can continue. I don't think they actually anticipated that this is what the outcome would be, she said, referring to her clinic. That we'd actually be in a better place and just serve all the same people. Diamond Suit